0: Hello everyone! You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk Podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall and as always I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre and post game live producer. Joe, Flyers coming off a month to forget. March was not a good one for them. They went 6-10-1. They allowed the most goals uh, in the NHL during that month. 75 goals in March. It's really a uh, done some damage to their playoff hopes this season and a season that started with high expectations. And right now they're on the outside looking in on the playoff picture in a really good division. Uh, if anything right now, it looks like they're going to have to catch the Bruins uh, who were the best team in the NHL last year during less regular season. So uh, tall order for the Flyers, but there are still games to be played and there's still the trade deadline as well. Uh, but Joe, let's let's start it off just how troubling was March In your mind, you look at the Flyers, they start 11-4-3 going into March, and then March just completely uh, snowballs on them. And they're suddenly now giving up the second-to-most goals in the NHL, and there looks like there's some serious issues preventing goals for this team. Uh, How did you sum it up in your mind?
1: Well, I mean – there's nobody that's going to be disappointed to see the the calendar turn pages here. Um, the, the thing is, it it seemed almost seemed like the defensive breakdowns became contagious, because Elaine Vino kept trying to switch the lineup, and it didn't matter who was in there, the same stuff seemed to keep happening. Um, and and I'm not I'm not just putting this on the defenseman. I there's been serious lack of of, um, you know, uh, defensive responsibility among the forwards. I mean, we saw it just in the, in the, in the, uh, game against Buffalo the other night. I mean, there were major defensive lapses amongst the forwards as well as the game before that, that the flyers end, were fortunate enough to end up getting a win. There were serious, um, defensive breakdowns when it comes to the forwards picking up their guys. So, you know, I think that was the, the kind of the name of the, uh, If you were to pick the poison for March, defensive breakdowns, both on all levels. And then obviously the goaltending just hasn't been good enough. Uh, It doesn't matter who's been in there. Um, It hasn't been good enough. And a good way to make your goaltender look bad as we've seen, uh, or, you know, as Shane Gostaspare put it, is to play badly in front of them. And it's, it's kind of a perfect storm and that perfect storm, uh, was hovering over the Flyers for most of the month, month of March. And you would hope that they can get things straightened out, get a practice under their belt with these two days between games here. But despite the month changing, the opponents don't. So you're still right back, back at it with the Islanders, two against the Bruins, another against the Islanders. These teams keep coming. Um, and, you know, they were fortunate enough last night to get some help from Pittsburgh uh, beating Boston, keeping them where they are, but there's, there's two ways you got to look here because the Rangers top, uh, the Rangers won their game and tied themselves with the Flyers now. So it, it's not only this, this is not a, a, a five horse race, let's say, um, there's another horse involved here and that's New York Rangers who obviously the Flyers had trouble with their most recent, um, you know, their most recent meetings with With the Rangers. And the team directly in front of them is the team they've had the most problems with this whole season. Um, Now, what remains to be seen is the Flyers, as Elaine Vigneault and several players have said, they haven't been the same since their COVID shutdown. Um, The Bruins are in that stage right now, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with it.
0: Yeah, the Rangers, like you said, Joe, even with the Flyers in points, the Flyers do have a game in hand on the, on the Rangers. So technically they are in fifth place, followed by the Rangers, but they're right there breathing down the Flyers next as the Flyers are just trying to get back into the playoff picture. They are three behind the Bruins, but the Bruins have two games in hand on the Flyers. And like you mentioned, Joe, the Flyers have not beaten the Bruins yet this season. So the team they got to catch is a team that they have not fared well against. Um and, and and then Joe, I, I, I wanted to, to ask, it, it, I'm glad you mentioned perfect storm because I, I actually wrote that in one of my articles. It truly was a perfect storm. And when you think of, a lot of times goalies can really build confidence in their defensemen, you know, with, with timely saves, um, eliminating mistakes. And all of a sudden, like, your confidence starts to build in the defensemen because their mistakes or maybe their poor coverage isn't directly resulting in goals. And then the same can be said for defensemen building confidence in their goals. Um, really good teams in front of their goalies build confidence in the netminder because they're facing less shots and they're getting, they're facing less quality shots and they're able to make saves and uh, not give up numerous goals in the first period. And it really, it, everything compounded in March. They did not get goaltending at all. Really uh, Brian Elliott here and there, but that was about it. And then, gosh, in front of their goalies, they were not very good either. So it was a perfect storm, and it really made March look awfully bad for the Flyers. Um, And Joe, on the topic of goaltending, um, there's a report out there by Pierre LeBron. He was on TSN's Insider Trading, and he mentioned that uh, he's he's hearing that the Flyers front office is discussing internally uh, possibly going out and getting goaltending help. Uh, just given that Carter Hart right now is in the middle of a reset. He didn't even dress for the games in Buffalo. And then Brian Elliott is turning 36 years old this month. And we know that they can't, the team can't really ride him the rest of the way. He can't play every game. It's just not feasible. Um, so they are thinking about maybe going out and getting goaltending help. According to Pierre Lebrun, uh, the name that he said he believes is on Flyers radar, Jonathan Bernier. Veteran, can be a UFA after this season. Obviously a guy that you would just get for the rest of the way and let him walk after this season. Joe, do you like that idea? Do you like the idea of getting goaltending help? Uh, obviously, you got to balance a lot of things. You have to balance Carter Hart's mindset, his confidence. Um, what What would this mean for the goaltending picture right now currently? How could it affect them uh, going into next season? What, what do you think of that? Do you, do you think this team needs it? Do you want them to go get it?
1: Well, I, I think they have to determine – you just mentioned Carter Hart's mindset. I think they have to determine what that is because we don't know what it is right now, and – It seems like they're kind of, right now, the the two him not dressing for the two games in Buffalo, we don't know whether he's going to play against the Islanders yet. Um, They're kind of trying to treat him with kid gloves, but there's not any time to treat him that way Um, because you can't afford to not have him play. I mean, Alex Lyon, I give it to him. The guy came into a game the other night. It's been over a calendar year since he played in an NHL game, and he was thrown into action the other night. I don't think anyone is under is under the illusion that Alex Lyon's an NHL goaltender. So if you believe that Carter Hart needs a total reset and Alex Lyon's not an NHL goaltender, then yeah. As long as it doesn't cost you too much to go get a guy like Bernier, I mean, sure, why not? Also, but I think you have to determine um, what what do you think you have in this team? Because I don't care if the goaltender's name is Patrick Waugh. If you're playing in front of him the way they've been playing in front of whoever is in net, it's not going to be pretty. I mean, think about there's never been a goal, the the great goaltenders of our lifetime or my lifetime, (laughs) Um, you know, uh, Martin Brodeur, Mm -hmm. those teams were built on defensive structure. Mm -hmm. They were winning games two to one, one to nothing. Um, You know, all uh, go back through history. The teams that won, I mean, the Detroit Red Wings dynasty, they, they had hall of fame players, Nick Lidstrom and just a great defensive structure under Scotty Bowman that they didn't need their goaltender to be, to make 40 saves every night because they weren't allowing those shots every night. And there wasn't breakdowns constantly in front of them. So again, you could go good, whoever you want. If it doesn't tighten up in front of them, I don't think it's going to matter that much. So, but if, if it's just about getting, uh, trying to make a playoff run, and if you think that Carter Hart is not in a great mindset right now, then yeah, as long as the price tag isn't too high, I, I'd be fully on board with the Bernier plan.
0: Yeah, it's, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking he would come cheaply. I don't know exactly uh, what it would take to get him, but I'm, I'm thinking. Probably like would, a mid to a late
1: round draft pick.
0: Exactly. And if and, and if you think you have a shot to make the playoffs and you really realize that Carhartt is not right right now, you can't just throw – you can't have him out there. You really want to protect him uh, long-term and his confidence. Um, and obviously, you know what you have in Brian Elliott. Maybe, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against it. And then you can have Alex Lyon play with the Phantoms, get a lot of games. Uh, it's a good team down there. Um, I think these next six games, Joe, will be awfully telling. Six games before the NHL trade deadline. If Carter gets back in there, and again, we don't know when he will, but I'm assuming um, after this week of, of kind of just a reset and practicing and practicing and practicing, Lane Vigneault is going to say, hey, kid, get out there. Let's see what you can do. Let's see how you feel. And I think Carter's going to want to get out there, knowing him, he's competitive. So I, I think if he comes out and he plays well, maybe strings together a, a good start or two or some good periods <laughs> um in a row then maybe Chuck Fletcher will start to focus on defensive help getting a defenseman or two uh maybe getting a who knows bottom six forward I I don't think he's going to look that route but uh maybe that will shift his focus to that but if Carter comes out and he's just not himself again he's a mess and um and it's looking like hey we need to maybe, maybe we need to think even bigger here with Carter Hart and uh and get him out of games totally then you go that route but uh I would love to see Carter Hart come back in and play well. It'd be—he's fun to watch. We all know, we all know he's got a bright future, and it would be great to see him come in there um, and give the Flyers a lift and make this playoff race a lot more interesting. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, on the topic of the trade deadline, let's stick with that, of course. I think we can both agree. I'm not sure this team right now is built to make the playoffs right now, as it is. Um, I think they need help. Would you agree that they need to go out and get someone, some type of defensive help if they if they have any plans on catching the Bruins?
1: Uh, absolutely. And, you know, um, you take a look at it. Uh, AV's tried, I think AV's just about out of bullets with the guys on this roster currently. Um, now, it remains to be, be seen if the cam york thing is, is is very interesting um could he end up but again you can't say oh we're not going to go out and get somebody because we're going to bring him this rookie straight out of college and he's going to carry us to the playoffs generally things don't work that way in the nhl no. so that would be you know a nice addition if he can come up and contribute but in no means is that a fix to anything that's going on uh, a guy that has not played one minute in the nhl he hasn't played in the AHL, so you know. Let's let's uh, let's be honest about that. Now, uh, I mean, we've obviously the, the the hot name on the on the market is uh, Matthias Ekholm, and I, I just don't think that that's a realistic plan. Uh, we've talked about this on prior podcasts. If you're getting if you're going after a Matthias Ekholm, you're a team that believes you're on the doorstep or maybe two steps down from making a run at the Stanley Cup final,
0: mm-hmm. and I don't
1: think this team. I mean, one would have to be pretty delusional to think this current team is that close. Um, and Ekholm's going to come with a price tag. Let's be honest, Nashville's not just going to give him away. So um, I think you look in your, your maybe your second tier. Um, I know the name Jamie Alexiak was floated around. A guy with a lot of experience, um, made the Stanley Cup Finals last year. A veteran with Dallas, um, won some games, and he's. He's more of a defensive-minded defenseman, which is what I think this team severely lacks this year. Is a guy that's a stay-at-home, uh, protect the house type of defenseman. Uh, that's a term Al Morgani likes to use, protect the house. And the Flyers haven't been protecting the house at all during the month of March. So I think that's an interesting name. Um,
0: yeah, Joe, the- the the one guy they wanted to protect the house was Samuel Moran, and he just is going back from left winger now to D. So like they can, I think that's not a knock on Samuel Moran, but they can probably get someone better at uh, that really, you know, takes on that mindset and has done it for years.
1: <laughs> right, and 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 what you just said about Moran going from wing to this is what I'm talking about when when I say Elaine Vino might be out of bullets here. I mean those those are the type of things I'm talking about. I mean yeah. you have a guy now who's playing who's a defenseman that's now back to playing defenseman after being switched to winger earlier this year. And he's also a guy that's had two major knee injuries. Yeah. It's, it's all the stops have been pulled out.
0: So. um, Yeah, they've, they've tried everything. They really have. And Joe, speaking of young kids, like they just called up Tanner Leszczynski and Lena Sandin uh, to the taxi squad. They did that on Thursday. So it's looking like those two two guys could maybe make their NHL debut soon. Uh, Lenziski is a 23-year-old center uh, in his first year of pro hockey, played four years at Ohio State. Lena Sandin was signed um, during the stoppage last year out of the SHL. Swedish guy, 24 years old, a winger. Uh, so it's looking like they might even get their shots. Uh, they, they really are. They're trying everything. Um, and it's just looking like it's they're going to need some outside help. Um, and, and Cam York, like you said, listen, super impressive player, first round pick 2019, uh, sophomore out of Michigan, just signed his entry-level contract. So he's turning pro Elaine Vigneault said, I'll start with the farm team and then they'll go from there. But, uh, you've heard, you hear it from so many people in hockey defensemen take the longest, uh, that is true. And they're typically not rushed as much as maybe a winger or a really good center with good size. Um, if you even look at Chuck Fletcher said it about Igor Zamola. A kid that they're pretty high on. He was—he just turned 21 years old, playing for the Phantoms right now. Now, a little different than York. He was undrafted, uh, a skinnier kid that needs to build up his strength, but became one of their better prospects in the system. And someone asked Igor Zamola, or asked—excuse me, Chuck Fletcher—about Igor Zamola, and he could could be a quick climber to the Flyers. And he said, "Listen, we—you know—defensemen take the longest. We want to not rush him. We think he's going to need time in Lehigh Valley." He was the same age as Cam York. Those guys just don't – yeah, like you said, Joe, you're just not going to throw Cam York in there and all of a sudden he's going to solve the team's issues defensively. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But that is exciting that he's, he's turning pro and uh, he's going to get a taste with the Phantoms and we'll see how quickly he can climb. But it's looking like they need to go out and get someone. Um, but, Joe, you would agreed, not, not a slam dunk per se, but somehow a guy that's not going to cost you much. I think Chuck Fletcher should be judicious in how he treats this trade deadline.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can't, uh, again, w- what's the sense in going out and, uh, uh, you know, the old cliche is selling the farm. If you don't think you're that close, there's no reason to do any of that. Right. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned about the um taking a lo- the longest. I mean, we just saw that for the last four or five years. And I mean, I think you could argue some of these guys may not even still be ready. There's, yeah. there's some still, still some, deficiencies in the games of Travis Sanheim Phil Myers I mean these guys by no means are they um, at the you know what the, the expectation that the team had for them currently so I mean I would proceed with caution with the cam York situation uh, for sure uh, it's interesting you brought up Tanner Lachinsky uh, we were watching the highlight last week in the newsroom we ran it in the pregame show yeah between the legs goal and immediately scott hartnell says call him up can he do that in the <laughs> nhl so <laughs> i guess maybe we'll get to see sometime soon um
0: that's awesome i have my no, doubts that he will <laughs> be doing it yeah,
1: well, yeah it was the hat trick game winning the hat yeah. trick game winning goal yeah yeah so um you know um i don't think we should expect that to be going on early in his <laughs> nhl career but you know, maybe he can he can uh, inject some some um, some energy and some life into the, into a lineup that needs it right now. Um, quite frankly, because we we've been seeing how things have uh, can snowball on this team very quickly uh, as they did against Buffalo the other night.
0: Yeah, I think when you when you see the problems that the, the Flyers are having, you typically see some type of action, and typically it starts internally. You try different things internally. Okay who's been in my healthy scratches, who's on the taxi squad. Obviously this year uh, we, we've had the first year of the taxi squad where you can kind of call upon guys that way. Uh, and then Chuck Fletcher, I think, is now looking, okay, well, we have a nice young team down with the Phantoms. Uh, let's give some kids a shot. You know, these kids are playing well. They probably got really good reports on Tanner Lazinski from Scott Gordon, the AHL head coach with the Phantoms. Um, and they're probably saying, Hey, let's call these kids up. They've deserved the shot. And our team, um, needs help, and there's some guys that maybe deserve to sit out or two, a game or two, to give these kids a shot. Um, so yeah, I I don't think these guys are going to uh, rescue the Flyers by any means, but it would be intriguing to see them in the bottom six, see if they can help defensively and offensively, um, and then see where the Flyers stand come the trade deadline on April 12th. So we have six really important games ahead of us, Joe, uh, for the Flyers, and uh, the most recent coming up is on Saturday against the Islanders on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, You can catch pre- and post-game live. Joe, any uh, tidbits you want to share about pre- and post-game live uh, coming up on Saturday?
1: Well, you know, um, we're obviously going to look into this Islander team. You know, the Flyers started off the season well against them. Mm -hmm. Then they had some struggles with them. And uh, that Islander team looked scary last night in their game. (laughs) Yeah. Eight goals, I believe, they put up. I think uh, Matt Barzell was all over the ice. I believe he had five points in the game, Um, including a coast-to-coast goal that I'm not sure that there's three or four other players in the NHL that could uh, pull that off. So um, the Islanders have – it's interesting because if you said – if you took any team in the league and you said, okay, in the second half of your games, your captain's going to be lost for the season. He's a first-line player, first top power-play unit, uh, even penalty killing. He's going to be lost, and you're going to kind of have to play uh, the hot hand on your top line. Um, I don't think any any anybody would say that a team would not experience a drop-off, and this team really hasn't experienced a drop-off. In fact, they've actually got seems to they seem to have gotten better offensively since Anders Lee went out of the lineup. I don't know what it is, but Barry Trotz seems to have it's like he has a, a computer full of buttons in front of him front of him and everyone he pushes does the right thing. Yeah. There's no there's no false moves. Now he I don't think it's a coincidence. His team has incredible defensive structure and they have great defensemen that um like uh Pullick and pelic and yeah. um you know, Scott Mayfield and uh, well, Mayfield's a forward, but, um, and and then you have uh, um, Nick Letty, who was really good against the Flyers the last couple of of games that they played. Uh, He really looked like a guy that, um, I mean, he was all over the place on the power play. He was making passes all over the place and many, the knock on Letty is the other side of his game. Isn't that great, but he was solid defensively too. in the last few games against the Flyers, um, You know, I I was kind of surprised at how much he stood out. So, hey, the Flyers are going to have their hands full. And you also don't want to get caught looking ahead to that back-to-back with Boston Monday and Tuesday, which I think, you know, the fans obviously have done because Boston's right in front of them. And there's three points separating the two teams. Um, So it's only natural. But you have to focus on the Islanders because, you know, if you don't take care of business against the Islanders and let's say the Bruins get a win over the weekend, then all of a sudden you go into that two game uh, back to back and you're five points behind the Bruins as opposed to three. So that's a huge difference. Um, And the Flyers have been teetering around that three point uh, deficit with the Bruins for around a week now. And again, you got to watch out for the Rangers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like the Flyers are like, well, you know, we just got to catch the Bruins. Like, no, we got to hold off the Rangers too. Yeah. Um, and we know what they can do offensively. They can score. Um, they have some talent. Uh, the Flyers know that darn well, given uh, they've lost two games to them by the scores of nine, nothing, eight, three. So yeah, the Flyers have a tall order. They have a tall test to make the playoffs to try to salvage this season some way. I think if they get into the playoffs, <laughs> you're almost considering that a win at this point. I know fans won't in the grand scheme of things, but they get in, you give them themselves a chance. Uh, but Right now, the, just getting in the playoffs feels like that would be a massive, massive win.
1: Well, um, if they get in the playoffs, they have to go on a huge run. Yeah. So it's not just like, you're boom, you're in the playoffs. They they would have to go on a, a super impressive run of play that is quite opposite of the way they've been playing in March. So, yeah. that you know, that would be, I mean, how could you not look at it as a win if they're able to, you know, get things together for the, the the stretch run for the final, you know, what is it, five weeks or so here of the season. And if you're able to pass a team like Boston, um, I don't think anybody would argue right now that the Flyers' talent level is better than the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with the Bruins is they rely on a lot of veterans um, to, to do their – to do damage for them. And, you know – Coming off of the COVID, the COVID uh, situation that they had, I don't know, could it catch up to them like it caught up to the Flyers? I mean, obviously, we're not hoping that for anyone, um, but we, we've seen a lot of teams experience it this year uh, across the NHL. I mean, the Dallas Stars were in the final last year, and COVID derailed their season in the first week of the year, mm-hmm. and they haven't been the same since.
0: Yeah, the Flyers are kind of seeing it derail their season. That's not an excuse for the Flyers, but they did go through a pretty serious COVID shutdown that decimated their roster and had multiple, multiple players coming back from testing positive from COVID. And um, they just haven't been the same team since. So we know, uh, like you said, we do not hope that upon any, on anyone. We hope everyone's safe and healthy. And, uh, but it is the reality. The reality is it's an incredible challenge to face during this season for these athletes who have to come out here and be at their best um, every single night. Okay. It's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. With a lot of talk about the Flyers defense, obviously the team struggling to prevent goals. Let's look at some Norrish trophy odds from our friends at PointsBet, NBC Sports betting partner. Victor Hedman right now leads the way. Uh, he is the front runner to win the Norris Trophy, given to the best defenseman at minus 180, uh, followed by Kale McCarr at plus 450, and then Adam Fox, a player in the division, at plus 600. Those are the points odds for the Norris Trophy winner. Ivan Provrov right now, not among those listed, uh, but we have a feeling he maybe could be in the conversation at the bottom, but right now not on the list. Uh, the Flyers could certainly use more defensive help. We'll see if they get that at the, at the trade deadline. But those are the points bet odds for the Norse trophy winner. Feel free to see more odds over at pointsbet.com. Well, Joe Fordyce, cannot wait to watch your shows. Uh, Saturday should be fun. So check out premium postgame live fans produced by Joe Fordyce. Thank you, as always, Joe. Uh, and ben, Jordan, Jordan, I, Jordan, I should I'd mention next week. Yes. Uh,
1: for one of the games next week, we will have a – all-time Flyers fan favorite for a
0: mystery guest. I love it. I'll just I'll just say that. An all-time fan favorite. I knew on one of our calls, we, you had mentioned mystery guests, and I was like, I couldn't remember if that was for this weekend, but it's for next week. So, yeah, that's I'm glad you teased that. Check that out, yeah. fans. Next week should be really fun. Those mystery guests have been awesome on pregame live. So cool. Uh, thank you so much, Joe. Ben Berry our podcast producer, thank you so much. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by great railing wherever you get your podcast please rate and subscribe and we cannot wait to talk to you next time